welcome to the Sam Goins Show. I am your host, Sam Goins. Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, you know, it'll just be me today. Um, I'm not going to have a crazy long episode, but I found this article and I found it really, really disgusting. Um, I actually woke up and it was the first thing I read for the day and it pooped on my whole Thursday. So um, I just want to, I just want to, you know, share with you guys, um, kind of give my input and just, you know, kind of tell you how we how we proceed from here. What's a good solution? Um, you know, kind of give you some stats, give you some facts, give you some, you know, shock reaction because, you know, that's always fun. Um, and then, you know, we'll kind of go from there. So I hope y'all have had a mo happy Monday. Hope it doesn't poop on your Monday um, with me reading this article. Um, but I found it particularly disgusting. It's an older article. Um, you know, it's from the New York Times, the New York Slimes. We love the New York Slimes. Bunch of slime bags. Um, total failure of a newspaper. It's from their wire cutter section. Um, you know, this is ridiculous. Um, I'm really sorry to have to share this with you guys, but they're coming for our children. I will convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it. Cause even grandma likes RuPaul. And the world's getting kinder. Gen Z's gayer than grinder. Learn to love, learn to vogue, face your fate. We'll convert your children. They are. Now, I don't have children. Um, if you have children, um, you know, I'm just going to. I'm going to read through this. And if you don't take your kids out of the public schools, I don't know what to tell you. Because these, ki these kids are have access to these books in their public school libraries. And half of y'all parents don't even know what your kids are doing on a normal day-to-day -day basis in their school. Um, you know, you go, to, you go to work at 8 whenever they go to school. Then you get back at 5, and then you have about 3 hours with them while the government has, you know, 7 hours with them. We're coming for them. If you don't, um, if you don't hear me talk about this and pull your kid out of school, I don't know what to tell you. Now I know it's hard. I know it's not financially feasible for a lot of people. I know I'm 22, and you know why should I listen to this 22 year old talk about you know this stuff? Talk about telling me how to home, telling me to homeschool my kids. They don't know my financial situation. Yeah, I don't. Um, and I, I don't know your financial situation. I'm sorry if it's not possible for you uh, to homeschool your kids, uh, but there are definitely things that you can do, um, to, um, you know, to help with that. Um, guys, just honestly, I, I love talking finances. I love it. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, but just budget your money. Be a good steward of the things that God gives you, and you'd be surprised what you can do. All right, so again, this uh, this article by the New York Slimes. Uh, it is 15 LGBTQ books for kids and teens recommended by queer librarians, ooh, educators, teachers, and independent booksellers. Um, ooh, surprise. Why are... Here's an aside. Why are bookstores super liberal? Like, you guys are supposed to be smart, um, yet you can't tell that what you guys are pitching is the destruction of society. Uh, but, you know, teach their own, I guess. Um, but, um, you know, that's not how I live my life. I'm not a libertarian. I actually think that gay marriage and 
all of this stuff is destructive to overall society. Um, I don't believe that it just affects the people who are homosexual. I believe it affects the whole society. They can't have kids. Um, and we can't um, replace our population. If we can't replace our population, we collapse as a society. We we stop being a world power. So, of course, I'm going to speak out against homosexuality. I think it affects us all. Um, and we know that ever since 2015, when gay marriage was legalized, um, this stuff, these books— are making their ways in schools, um, you know, and 19.7% of our Gen Z, um, which is, you know, basically anybody who's born up to 2025, I think, um, you know, basically 197 and that number is ever growing of that 19.7% of that generation is LGBTQ, LGBTQ, you know, the people who took half the alphabet for themselves. Um, so yeah, you know, um, I think that it's destructive uh, to society. Um, I think the le legalization of it has led to more of it. Um, and, you know, you're, you'll hear the argument from the left, oh, well, you know, the legalization doesn't mean that it, you know, that it made it, um, you know, more prevalent. It just, it just meant that we could come out of the shadows, come out of the closet. Give me a break, okay? Um, legalizing things means... It makes overall society, those who are unchurched, those who are um, immoral, those who are living in sin, think that their sin is okay. I believe in outlawing sin. I believe in I believe in outlawing homosexuality. Um, but you know, let's let's take a look at this article. We'll dig into it. Um, I'll do you know some funny reactions here, and then you know we'll talk about you know how we move forward from here as a uh, as a country. Um, you know, I was going to kind of dig into the Roman history, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, what have you, you know, history of LGBTQ. Maybe I could do that later. Um, but I, I'd rather just dig into this article um, and let you guys see for them, see for yourselves, just how awful these people are, um, because they actually think that these books are, are okay to be in school. So, um, you know, don't let anybody tell you that uh, you want to that you want to ban books. Um, you don't want to ban, you want to ban like harmless books. Um, these books are not harmless <laughs> as you'll soon see. All right. So the first section of this article talks about picture books for young children. Okay. And they're not even showing you the half of it. Um, I've seen, I've seen picture books that they have in schools. It would blow your mind. I don't even think I'm allowed to even show them on here because let me tell you folks, they're straight up pornographic. Um, and, you know, I believe that we should outlaw pornography as a whole. Um, I don't believe that pornography is free speech. Uh, it's not protected by the First Amendment. I actually think that it's um, it's horrible. The people who are involved in the porn industry are, are abused. Um, and we, we see that. Um, but anyways, I'm kind of getting off on multiple tangents. I get it. I have ADHD. Sorry, I was like damaged by vaccines. Um, but anyways, here we go. Uh, so Bodies Are Cool by Tyler Fetter. All right, this is the first one we got here. Um, Bodies Are Cool is a body-positive picture book that takes a casual approach to queer representation. Oh, my gosh. It depicts a diverse array of bodies of all shapes, sizes, races, and genders, including post-top surgery trans bodies paired with playful rhyming text. Uh, the book doesn't focus on LGBTQ kids specifically, 
but the owner of this bookstore, I'm not going to name her because I don't want to give her any more fame than she even deserves, um, said that uh, she found that it had a, per a perfect inclusive message about autonomy. And Wait, no, not autonomy, anatomy. Oh my gosh, give me a break. Um, the biggest need that we were having was for books on puberty or how to talk about bodies. We love this one. It's important for all kids to see different kinds of bodies and to see fat bodies and disabled bodies and different types of people interacting with each other in different kinds of ways. Okay, okay, hold up. So they're idealizing fat bodies um, and disabled bodies um, and different types of people interacting with each other in different kinds of ways. Okay, you guys have to understand, this book is a is a cardboard book that has a bunch of people in bikinis and swimsuits on the cover. Um, you know, and, and we're, and it says bodies are cool. Um, that's not a kid's book in my eyes. A kid's book is Dr. Seuss. A kid's book is click clack moo. A kid's book is not bodies are cool. Give me a break. And then we've got Federico and all his families, which is this, this is a book about a cat that, um, you know, prances around from house to house. Um, and you know, this is the book that I have a lot of issues with. Um, and the cover is not even that offensive really, but let's, let's talk about it. Um, so Federico and all his families, um, and I'm going to tell you why it's specifically irritating to me. It, it's a neighborhood cat who visits different families as they prepare to start their day, including families with two moms and two dads. This person who's reviewing this book talks about how young children's repeated insistence that it's impossible to have more than one mom or dad. It is impossible. Young children realize that. Even young children, they realize that you can only have a mom and a dad because they they know, they, they are built with that. God put that inside of them. God put that knowledge inside of them. They didn't even have to do it themselves. They didn't have to go figure out um, that to make a baby, it takes a mom and a dad. Um, so, you know, kids already know that, but now we're trying to corrupt them with this book. Um, you know, and this talks about families with two moms and two dads, and and then it puts these families next to single parent families and a par a family um, of grandparents, uh, two grandparents that are raising a child. So if you try to bring up to the school board, or if you try to bring up to your local library that they should ban this book. They're going to say, oh my gosh, you want to ban a book uh, about a single parent family? Oh my gosh, you want to ban a book about uh, a, a grandparents raising a child? How dare you? You're a bigot. They're putting them next to two moms and two dads so that they can say that. That is ridiculous. Um, you know, a two mom or two dad family for a kid, I think that that's child abuse. Um, because a child that grows up without his mother, um, male or female, um, I think that they, they, they grow up uh, without the care of a mother. Um, and then a, a child that grows up without a dad, um, you know, we see um, the, the destruction in a child's life that can happen because um, they don't have a father. Uh, you know, lots of them turn out, Lots of the guys turn out to be effeminate, uh, and a lot of the girls turn out to be raging feminists. Um, so, 
Uh, so there's that. Um, you know, I don't want to talk too much more about this book. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so that's the argu argument that they'll use if you try to, you know, bring that book up as a, as a book they should ban. Oh, let's read this one. Oh, yes. So this one is books, it, it's in the section of books for first through third graders. Um, so this is, it, it has a guy waving a giant pride flag on the cover. Uh, it's called Pride, the story of Harvey Milk and the rainbow flag. Um, written by Rob Sanders and illustrated by Stephen Salerno. Those people have a special place in hell. Um, okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, Pride, the story of Harvey Milk and the rainbow flag, helps introduce young kids to some of those early struggles for queer rights in a way that's bright, cheerful, and really relatable. Oh, how liberal. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, so basically, um, you know, they're talking about in this book, they're talking about how the gay flag came to be, um, how I like to call it the mental, mental illness flag. Um, it's not really mental illness. It's actually demon possession. But, um, you know, let's let's talk about it. Um, it, it. In the article, it says so many kids have encountered the rainbow equality flag, whether posted in their window in the window of a local shop or flying from a neighbor's porch. But because LGBTQ history is so rarely taught in school, most don't have a sense of the history of that flag or the context and recency of modern pride movements. You know, this really reminds me a lot of, um, you know, when I was growing up, all I remember about preschool, um, not, not preschool, kindergarten, uh, is how they literally brainwashed us about Martin Luther King um, and the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Um, you know, I, I believe that all races are equal. I believe that all men are equal um, under God. God created us all equal. Um, but they literally act like he's our Lord and Savior, Martin Luther King. Um, there's actually a funny video of this girl, and if I find it, I'll throw it in here. What about in school? Martha Luther King Jr. Martha Luther King Jr. What'd he do? He died for our sins. No, that was... <laughs> they were literally brainwashing us about race relations when you were as, when we were as young as kindergarten, um, which is ridiculous. But anyways, now they're trying to do it with the Pride Movement, um, and it's ridiculous. Um, so there's that one. Uh, let's keep going here. And I, I think I stopped reading after this one because I was so disgusted. Um, but it says, in the world of LGBTQ picture books, Gail E. Pittman is probably the best known for this day in June, a joyful rhyming ode to pride parades. But in 2020, Pittman published another winning celebration of queer life and families, My Maddie, which introduces kids to a non-binary parent while highlighting the beauty of other things that defy easy categorization, like sporks, motorcycles, and hazel eyes. Austin, Texas bookseller, whatever, said it's among their favorite books showcasing diverse family structures for young readers. Oh my gosh, okay. Uh, and then we got A Princess of Great Daring, where it basically talks about how a boy can be a princess. Um, and then books for sixth or third through sixth graders, um, you know, it just gets even more scummy. Um, this is our rainbow is one of these books. Um, uh, we'll read this one. Then we'll be we'll, we'll shut up about this, and I'll start to, you know, kind of 
uh, close this out. So for, su for similarly broad sweeping representation, this is our rainbow, 16 stories of her, him, them, and us, is an all-inclusive anthology of fiction geared towards middle grade readers. Uh, usually when you find queer fiction, one identity is showcased per story, and I understand that as a teaching tool. But in reality, friend groups are much more complex. She describes the book as a playful set of stories about kids from various identities under the queer umbrella written by some notable authors, but any education about queerness or gender identity is purely secondary to each chapter's plots. It is not just, oh, here is a binary, a non-binary character, this is how the character would like to be addressed, but more like, here's a non-binary kid that gets to be a pirate. Uh, kids want to see themselves in a story, but more than that, they want to be told a story. Um, all right, so there's that one. Books from middle schoolers here. You know, tons of stuff here, guys. They got more books than you, you, you could, you know, you could ever figure out even exist. And you look at the, you look at the covers, you look at the pictures inside these books, uh, it's a total CIA program, um, and it's it's being normalized. Um, and as they begin to institute hate speech laws, uh, which violate our First Amendment rights, um, you're not going to be able to talk bad about these books, um, and they're going to become in ever increasing in popularity. Um, so anyways, guys, so those are the books, um, you know, 19.7% of Gen Z is now LGBTQ. 11.2% uh, of millennials are LGBTQ, and that number falls dramatically when it comes to um, Generation X, Baby Boomers, and Silent Generation. You can't tell me the, the schools are not brainwashing children um, into this reckless, immoral ideology that is anti-God, um, anti-family, anti everything good um and you know and you know the church is very silent on this and the bible talks about you know the bible talks about um how we are supposed to defend the least of these um and if we attack the least of these we might as well throw a millstone around our neck and throw it into the ocean um you know it it is it is very clear about, um, you know, how we need to protect the children. Um, and we're not. Uh, the church is not. You know, the church is tolerant and inclusive. And, um, you know, everyone is welcome. And everyone is, you know, everyone needs to come um, to church and be accepted. And, you know, repentance is a bad word. Um, you know, you need to come to church and um, be affirmed um, and just know that Jesus loves you and Jesus accepts you just as you are. No, he does not. He chooses those who are righteous. He chooses those who choose to repent of their sins. Now, we have free will. We have free will. Um, you know, we see that highlighted throughout Scripture. Uh, we have free will. Uh, you know, we can talk about the parables all day. Um, you know, the, the characters in those parables have free will. Um, you know, but let's, let, let's talk about 
what the Bible says about gay marriage. And, you know, the woke church will say, oh, the Bible doesn't really say anything about gay marriage, um, you know, and it doesn't say anything about, yes, it does. It does. It talks in depth about it. Let's just pull up these verses so we can talk about it. Um, Cause I've got the receipts folks. I've got the receipts. Um, and you know, your woke pastors don't, they don't even reference scripture in their sermons. Most of the time I sat, I sat at, um, I sat at devotionals, um, at, you know, major Christian universities, um, major Christian, um, organizations. Um, and you know, I'm not going to throw them under the bus. I'm not going to tell you who they are. Um, but I sat in these and these speakers, now it's nothing against the organizations. I, I, I think the organizations are great. That's nothing against the organizations at all. Um, but the speakers in these devotionals, the speakers in these convocations, the speakers, they don't use scripture. Now, shout out to Liberty University for really cleaning it up, but um, they don't use scripture. The church ain't using scripture anymore. Use scripture. It's God's word, guys. It's literally the words that, it's, it's literally the word of God. God. Now, you don't hear God's voice, but when you go to scripture, you literally see the words of God. Um, and, and, you know, he's speaking through Paul here in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, which I'm going to read to you. Uh, in the New, New King James Version, it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites will inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it basically says those who are practicing this and do not repent will not enter heaven. Um, they're going to hell. Uh, you want to talk about this verse in the context that they're not going to heaven? Guess where they're really going, folks? They're going to hell. Inter eternal damnation, eternal separation from God, eternal fire. And the church, it is not loving of the church to come out here and say that, you know, we just need to affirm these people's lifestyles and we need to affirm how they feel and how, you know, their, their marriage and, you know, their gender ID identity. Give me a break, guys. Give me a break. Homosexuality is completely antithetical to Scripture, bar none. God created man, male and female. He created Eve for Adam. He did not create another Adam for Adam. He did not create another Eve for Eve. He created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. So let's stop talking about you know how we need to be tolerant. And let's start talking about how we need to protect the children and how we need to protect people from going to hell. We're, I know um, ah, the lieutenant governor of uh, North Carolina has a heck of a, um, heck of a, I think he was talking in a church, um, but he said, Two plus two don't equal transgender. It equals four. We need to get back to teaching them how to read instead of teaching them how to go to hell. We're teaching them how to go to hell with these books, okay? And worse, worse books. And who knows what teachers are talking about the in the classroom while you guys are out working 40, 50 hours a week at a corporate job where they hate you. They hate you most of the time. Unless you're working for a small business or a Christian company, they don't care about you. 
They don't care about you. And, you know, I'll dig more into this topic because I think it's important. Guys, men especially, you need to be home. You need to be there for your children. Not not men especially. I think that women should not be in the workforce. But men, guys, you cannot be separated from your family all the time. You've got to be there. Because otherwise, these schools and this ideology... Um, is going to take over your kids' lives in the schools. And if you're not there to lead your family, it's going to creep into your family, whether you like it or not, whether they're in school or not. It's going to creep into your family. Men, it is your responsibility to protect your family from this reckless and immoral ideology. Okay? Um, and I am really ranting here, but, um, you know, Romans 1, 127 talks about how likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned for their lust for one burned in their lust for one another men with men committing what is shameful receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due which means they're going to hell um, and then you know Leviticus and Deuteronomy talk about it so let's read Leviticus 20:13 if a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And then Deuteronomy 23.18 says, You shall not bring the wages of a harlot or the price of a dog to the house of the Lord your God for any vowed offering. For both of these are an abomination to the Lord your God. Guys, homosexuality, if you do not repent from of homosexuality, if you do, if you mutilate yourself or let your kids mutilate themselves or you know worse you give them puberty blockers or what have you guys there's eternal damnation for you and god does not want that for you but god will let you have that god god wants you to spend eternity eternity with him god wants you to obey him God wants your obedience. God wants your heart. It, scripture's really clear. Church, guys, we've got to stop affirming this immor- immoral ideology. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I'll kind of step off my soapbox there. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think that the solution to this problem um, is that the church needs to stand up. The church needs to be clear about the immorality of homosexuality and transgenderism and just stop tolerating it. Um, Romans 6, I'll read it for you as we close. All right, Romans 6 reads, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. We shall. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we burned with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we are able, or we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, our old self was crucified with him, and the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. 
For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Uh, It then talks about being slaves of God instead of slaves to sin. Um, Now, guys, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that now that I'm saved, I'm perfect. I'm not. Um, You know, but I also am going to sit here and say that I have had sins in my life um, that have, they've been terrible. Um, you know, they've been terrible. I've had sins in my life that were awful. Um, and I continued, continued in them, continued in them, continued in them. And then I repented and I came to God and I said, God, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to sin anymore. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. This is terrible. I feel awful. I I felt so convicted and I have not partaken in that sin since. Guys, the church the church needs to stand up against this destructive and moral ideology of transgenderism, gays, lesbians, whatever. You need to stand up against it or else you're going to be destroyed by it. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, guys, this episode has been brought to you by eGuard Watches. Uh, if you go to eGuardWatches.com uh, slash the Sam Goins show, um, you can put in this code uh, SAM20 for 20% off of your entire order uh, there at eGuard Watches. eGuard Watches are great, guys. Um, they're uh, basically solar-powered watches that you never have to recharge. Um, and they're all brought to you by a company that doesn't hate your values. Um, eGuard Watches is a conservative-owned company. Um, you know, they've had tons of uh, you know celebrities wear their watches. And I'm not saying celebrities are any good, but... Um, you know, they, they're a great brand guys, very reputable brand. They've got some films about, um, uh, transgenderism and what we're talking about right here. Um, you know, and it's kind of sad that a company, (laughs) a company is standing up against this ideology more than the church is. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's where we're headed. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I am in real estate investing and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe we're just, and we are, we are called to be the church and everything that we do. Um, but maybe that's the way forward. Anyways, guys, it's been great. It's been great having you. Um, hope that this information has been valuable to you. Hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you have, I've enjoyed doing it. Um, and I look forward to talking to you guys, uh, next week. Um, hopefully I'll have a guest for you. I'm thinking, uh, we'll either talk about the, the New World Order or we'll talk about, we'll delve more into this topic of transgenderism. 